podcast people and soundtrack geniuses around the world. You're listening to The Soundcast, and on this podcast, we talk all things film, television, and video game music. I am Christopher Coleman, and joining me on this auspicious day is... Kristen Romanelli. And back from the blip, it's Dane Walker. Don't collide with anyone. (laughs) Today is Sunday, June 7th, 2019, and in this episode, we discuss the original score to Spider-Man Far From Home by Michael Giacchino. You can find all episodes of the Soundcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Radio Public, and Google Podcasts. You can send us your feedback at soundcast at tracksounds.com. You can use our SpeakPipe widget, which we really, really love if you do that. Or you can get to us on Twitter at Audio Soundcast. All right. Welcome, guys and gals. How's your Peter Tingle? Yeah. <laughs> Kristen has Don't a serious Peter, Peter Tingle. tingle. <laughs> she has a serious Peter Tingle. She wants to give Peter cookies. <laughs> Tom well, Holland just turns me into an Italian grandma. <laughs> I hope your Peter Tingles are good because we got a lot of Peter Tingling to discuss today. Uh, we're going to be talking about Spider Man Far From Home and Michael Giacchino's original score. We'll talk about the film a little bit. We'll talk about some of our general thoughts about it and then the score. Um, And then we'll dive into some of our favorite tracks from the score and then a little bit of spoiler talk or maybe a lot of spoiler talk because there's a lot to talk about with spoilers. Uh, And we might change that order. We'll see how it flows. All right, let's move on to our discussion of Spider-Man Far From Home with original score by Michael Cicchino. Uh, Let's set the groundwork with a little bit of background for the five people who may not know. Uh, (laughs) Our friendly neighborhood superhero decides to join his best friends Ned, MJ, and the rest of the gang on a European vacation. However, Peter's plan to leave superheroics behind for a few weeks are quickly scrapped when he begrudgingly agrees to help Nick Fury uncover the mystery of several elemental creature attacks, creating havoc across the continent. Uh, This film was directed again by John Watts. It was released in the U.S. on July 2nd, 2019. It was released like in China and some other places way before. Um, Curse is coming from Sony Pictures in association with Marvel. Uh, it's gotten pretty good reviews. Rotten Tomatoes got 91 from the critics, 96 from regular folk. And to this point, it's done a whopping $580 million worldwide. A lot of money. Uh, the original score, of course, is by Michael Giacchino. It's released on June 28th, 2019 from Sony Classical. It's 25 tracks. And is an hour and 19 minutes long. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. After Endgame, which was only, what, six weeks ago? 
seven weeks ago. For you, oh, a couple of days ago. A couple of days ago for those who rewatched it. Forever. <laughs> How ready were you for some more MCU-ness uh, with, with Endgame not being all that long ago, Kristen? Uh, I really love Spider-Man, but I was really feeling that superhero burnout. So I was, mm. I was kind of, I don't know, it felt weird going in because I was like, you know, they have made and remade Spider-Man so many times, but I still love Spider-Man, but, but there's just been so much. Um, yeah. So, so I was a, I was a little scared going in. You were a little scared. Okay. I, I, I was like, you know, is this going to be the nail in the comic book movie coffin for me? Is it just mm. going to be, you know, too much? Well, okay. Gotcha. Uh, Dane, what about you? How'd you go into this feeling? Well, I'm not a Spider-Man fan. Um, he's not my comic book guy. Um, and I still say that Spider-Man 2, the real Spider-Man 2, was the best Spider-Man movie ever. Um well, except for Into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie ever, really. It really is. It really is. Uh, but I was interested to see what the MCU was going to do post-Endgame because, frankly, Endgame was beautiful. And I'm kind of okay if I don't see another Marvel movie ever again. But I was curious. Gosh. What? I said, Gosh. Well, no, I like, I, this is the thing. Like, I like, this is like Toy Story. Like, I like where my characters were in Endgame. It was beautiful. It was touching. It's wonderful. Why touch that? Why ruin that? Why make something more? Why make us forget, you know, the, the great heroes that have gone before us? Um, anyway, I, I, I went, I was curious and I actually was excited. I took my two boys and about halfway through, I realized I'm tired of comic book movies. Hmm. I had the opposite effect. For the record. But you like Tom <laughs> Holland and you want to give him cookies. So I feel like th- there's some bias there. He's just such a sweet Cookie little bias. muffin. <laughs> muffin bias. <laughs> um, I see that. I mean, in a way, uh, I see both your sides and felt a little bit of both, I think, a little bit. Uh, but for me... I was pretty stoked after Endgame. I mean, I, it was such a great experience, although the the re-release was not a great <laughs> experience. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the, I mean, I wanted to see it anyway. So, I was like, okay, I'll just wait a week and see the stuff they added, which was like you could, just a waste, pretty much. Aside from the um, Stanley tribute, that was really nicely done. Um I might be and then they added the bit, uh, they added a, the final thing they showed was the actual opening for this movie, which I thought it was a hacky uh, edit job of like, they shot some stuff with Maria Hill and <laughs> uh, Nick Fury and they, and they sliced it in with trailer stuff. Cause the stuff of, of Mysterio and the sand monster thing they showed in the trailer. I was like, I can't believe you just hacked that together. They shot this quick setup in Mexico with these two and then hacked it with the stuff from the trailer. Well, it's actually the actual beginning <laughs> of the film. I was like, wow, okay. Um, it looked a little cheesy. Um, but I went in like pretty excited because I was anxious to see, okay, how are they going to transition? 
how are they going to make this transition from this really weighty end to phase three, which to me, that was the end of phase three. I know technically this is, but this really feels like the start of phase four and mm-hmm. the and end game was the end of phase three. Totally agree. In, in either case, wherever you put that dividing line, I felt like, how are they going to make that transition? Uh, because Spider-Man, you assume is going to be a light, fun, bouncy kind of film, which the trailers made it look like it was going to be and pretty much is coming off of this very, as I said, emotionally heavy and weighty film. Um, and they just kind of do it. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of slow transition. It just is. Uh, so I went in kind of ready for it and wanting it. And I don't have anything else to look forward to watching this year. So it's like, I might as well invest in this one. Uh, there, I'm sure there'll be some surprise movies that I'm not looking forward to and don't know about. But of those movies that I know about for the rest of the year, this is really it. This is all I have to to stick my fandom in and, and get hype for. So that's how I went into this movie. Um, let's just review very quickly who amongst us were Spider-Man Homecoming fans and who were not. Um, I think I know already, but uh, we'll start with you, Dane. Were you a Spider-Man Homecoming fan? I. What do you think of the film and the score? Uh, either way. Um. I mean, I actually, I think I liked a Spider-Man Homecoming score. Um. I mean, it's been a long time since I've listened to it, but I think I remember thinking, this is cool. Um, as far as the movie, I, I think I watched bits and pieces with my kids, but I got up and kept leaving the room to do other things that were more interesting, but wow. Yeah. Okay. So not your favorite again, Spider-Man is not, I don't know. I don't know why Spider-Man's never been, uh, my guy. I don't know why. Hmm. Okay. Kristen, what about you? Uh, yes. Tom Holland is a precious muffin. He <laughs> is a perfect high school Peter Parker. Uh, and Jakina's score was acrobatic and nimble, like Spider-Man, flipping around. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I liked Homecoming. It was not my favorite MCU film by any stretch, but it's certainly not bad. Um I enjoyed it for what it was, kind of bringing a different tone, a John Hughesy-like tone into the MCU, which I thought the, that one I think nailed pretty pretty well. Um, and it was a different kind of confrontation between the protagonist and antagonist. I thought it was just different. Um, the reveal when he opens the door, I remember <laughs> that very distinctly. The whole audience was like, <gasps> I just remember that. You don't get a lot of those kind of moments, at least I don't, with a whole whole, you know, theater full of people. Um, and yeah, I thought the score fit very, very well and just brought a different kind of texture to all of the MCU scores. It kind of stands out as this happy, bouncy type of uh, score. And so... I enjoyed both. So with that as context, let's get into Far From Home and discuss our film reaction in general with no spoilers. We'll have a a significant spoiler section uh, later. Ah, Kristen, 
What was your reaction to this film? This is going to be so difficult to do without spoilers, because as soon as I came out of the movie, I was like, I need to talk to everybody about this movie. <laughs> and you saw it a long time ago. Yeah, I saw it Yeah, I, before the holiday. Um, anyway, uh, initially, I had knocked off Half Star because the screening started late and everyone was getting kind of weird and... Nasty. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. No, it was not a good checking process. Like oh. they they suddenly decided to do a phone check for everybody, including press, and they were doing the metal detector, and it was it was a process. And hmm. yeah. Anyway, so so I was annoyed at the start of this. And then they started they they, they did the thing where where the previews were going to start. And normally we don't get previews at press greetings. I was like, are you serious? So I was just in a super bad mood. Um, but by the time we got to those end credit scenes, it shot up to a solid five stars for me. You know, it, it turned me into, you know, from grumpy into super happy. Like it made me feel warm and fuzzy. And that's mm. really hard for a movie to do to me because I see a lot of them. I'm pretty jaded at this point. Um, yeah. So very positive experience for me. Did you okay. bake sugar cookies or chocolate chip cookies for Tom? I Holland? went with a snickerdoodle. All right, oh, that and you seems, just threw them at the screen. That seems right. <laughs> yes, I threw them at the screen. <laughs> I gave them to the press agent. Could you give these to Tom Holland for me? <laughs> no? Okay. Chris Evans lives nearby. Maybe he could, you know, somehow. Chris Evans lives nearby you, and you're concerned about Tom Holland? Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to uh, be his grandma. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you don't. <laughs> I think he's everyone's grandpa. That's just what I'm going to say right there. What? Uh, no, he's Dave, old enough. That is America's ass. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to say it. I was waiting. Um, what about you, Dane? What's your What was your non-spoiler reaction to the film? I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. I my non spoiler reaction. Um, it's okay. I I could have seen it at home. I didn't. I I wasn't particularly blown away by it in the theater. Um, it had its moments. It had its moments. It's it's funny. Yeah. It's got some humor that I appreciated. It's got it's got it's got some moments. Um, <laughs> and I've seen it. That was my general reaction. Okay. Well, that's pretty middling. Um, <laughs> And unusual Which, for me, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, given the setup and the context of what we talked about before this, it's like, oh, okay, that, that pretty much fits. Um, I have to pull a Kristen Romanelli and say that it's complicated. Nice. My response is very complicated. And that is um, valid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not enjoy the first half of this movie. Um uh, it just didn't work for me. Uh, I did like the very opening scene, which we can talk about in spoilers. Um, but the the first half, the, all the setup was just like, get on with it. <laughs> um, and then when things happen and the second half begins, I'm like, okay, now I'm interested. Let's see where this goes. Um, but it wasn't until the end 
the end credits that I actually was excited and like, oh, that makes this movie make a heck of a lot more sense than it did within the context of the film itself. Please enlighten and me. I was, Seriously, we'll you, guys can't, you guys can't skip over the end credits scenes. I know some you people cannot. are like, like oh, we can just cannot. leave. It, no, it I, makes the movie. I almost left. I had to pee so bad. And these were the longest credits known to man. And I was just like, yep. this better be worth it. <laughs> and when it, the final credit happened, which we'll talk about in spoilers in detail, I was like, that just makes this so much better. But I fault the movie for it because I didn't like the movie until I saw the last two end credits or the end credit, the mid credit and the end credit scene, which that shouldn't be. Um, so it really rescued the film for me and made everything better. Um, so it was a very weird experience. I've never, with all the MCU movies, I've never had end credit scenes completely change how I feel about the bulk of the actual movie. I have a question uh, for you. Yeah. Um, how do you feel in general about the school vacation genre? It's fine. You mean like um like a Ferris day, a Ferris Bueller's Day Off kind of thing? It's not really a vacation. I was thinking more like European vacation or if looks could kill or. I um, guess I'm not. I, I I saw vacation. I think I saw European vacation. It, not the biggest fan, but I don't hate them. Mm-hmm. I don't hate them. Um, it wasn't the fact that they were traveling. It was just all the high school stuff and just the. I didn't like what the characters characters were doing and how they were acting. See, I feel like I connected more with that because I'm that person who rented if looks could kill maybe a dozen or more times. Mm. Our theater (laughs) showed if looks the trailer for if looks could kill before this movie. I kid you not. I was going to ask. Yeah, that was the wonderful. Nobody knew about that movie. (laughs) That was really funny. Well, they showed old ads for. You know, Spider-Man toys and stuff from the 70s, which are great because I remember them, right? Oh, and then shit. they had, um, but they had, they showed the If Looks Could Kill trailer and then they did an entire, like, short documentary. I think it was from Mondo uh, about mm. the history of Spider-Man and it included right. Into the Spider-Verse. And what was humorous is about it is they kept showing clips from Spider-Man 3 and then saying, no, wait, you don't want to <laughs> see that. And then moving on, <laughs> and, like, it kept doing that. It was very funny. Um, nice. But yeah, they showed the trailer for If Looks Could Kill, which I thought was a great setup. After having watched the film, I thought, oh, that was a brilliant move on their part to to show that trailer. Because um, it kind of got you in the mood for like what this was, I think, supposed to be. <clears throat> I'm not, I don't, I remember the title, but I don't remember much about that movie at all. I don't think I saw it. Richard Greco goes on a vacation with his French class in order to pass French and he's mistaken for a secret agent. Huh. Is this like late 80s? I think mid. Yeah. Mid 80s? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so would you say this was heavily inspired by that? At least by the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it, there, there's way less teenage awkwardness in If Looks Could Kill. It's That's more of a, you know... It's still sex focused, kind of there, um, yeah. because it's the mid eighties and Richard Grego, and <laughs> <laughs> that's the movie that taught me what a condom is. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, uh, yeah. 
This is, I don't know if I have that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Does everyone have that movie? <laughs> Naked Gun Two and a Half. Oh wow. <laughs> hmm. I'll have to think about that. Um yeah, maybe it has something to do with the genre, although I didn't mind uh, Homecoming at all, which wasn't that. It was John Hughes films. Yeah, that was more um, of the John Hughes. But I, I didn't mind the high schoolers being high schooly. I, I very much minded in this film for some reason, hmm. um, which we can dive into more when we get into spoilers. Um, so, yeah, I had a very odd experience with this film. Um what, like like none I've ever had before with an MCU film specific specifically. So we're kind of all over the place uh, on on our feelings about this film, which should make for some interesting conversation as we get into spoilers. But before we do that, let's just give our general reactions to Michael Giacchino's score for this film. Dane, what did you think about this score? Well, initially I found the score wanting. I think um, I think Bad Times at the El Royale is Giacchino's best of late. Um, I didn't like Jurassic World. Um, which what was the latest Jurassic World? Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. I I didn't like that on album as well, but I you know I liked it in the movie. Um, not not saying I liked the movie, but I thought that it was. I like. I don't know what was weird. It's it's rare when I I like a film or a score in a movie and not on the album. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I liked it. I liked it in the movie, but I didn't really enjoy it as much on the album. Um, so I, I don't know. I there's a lot of things in this score, and I hate to say this because I hate it when people say this about things, but it it looped a lot. It was mm. a lot of just static, wow. non movement sections of it. Wow. Um, but there are some great tr- cues in here, some good stuff that I really enjoyed. And I did appreciate that sort of, there's a James Bondy sort of sound in it. Mm. Um, and there are some sections of it that literally I thought I was listening to a, a score from like a Roger Moore era Bond film. Um, mm. And I really enjoyed those, um, those things. I just, I love Giacchino. I really do. I really, really do. But I feel like sometimes he's getting a little too. Oh yeah, this is what I do here. You know what I mean? Like it just feels. I, I just I don't find him uninspired. Is that what you're trying yes, to say? Yes, that's the word. Thank yeah. you. That's the word I'm thinking of, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true or not. It's just how I'm mm-hmm. perceiving it. I'm perceiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought El Royale was inspired. I thought mm-hmm. it was a great, great score. So okay. I don't think it's not, I, it, I'm not knocking him as a composer. I think he's got it, but I just think some of these other films right now, the big, the big temples are uh, not as, not as good as I, I want them to be. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Kristen, what about you? Um, I remark here that the mix worked for me because I don't think it did for you. Christopher. Correct. I did not like the mix in the theater. Um, I, I liked the mix in my theater. <clears throat> of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have the best theater in the world. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I was in um, I was in the 
Lowe's Boston Common, which is an AMC, and it was in the faux IMAX theater. So that's a good theater. Um, yeah, so it was it was pretty decent. Um, I thought it was pretty good expansion over his homecoming material. Um, the end credits had a great suite, um, which I noticed because they're so long. <laughs> and i'm just waiting for that final coda scene um yeah i thought it was i thought it was a really decent score um i loved the crossover with sylvester material which i wasn't sure was going Mm -hmm. to happen because it's Mm -hmm. a sony movie technically not even technically it's a sony movie with marvel studios producing or something but i wasn't sure if that would work rights wise um and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and it's not score, but there is a nod to Iron Man 2 with ACDC. And I mm. thought that was also excellent. So Or Led Zeppelin. <laughs> it was Led Zeppelin. Didn't they do Back in Black? It was, it was ACDC, but he said, I love Led Zeppelin. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I get the joke now. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Really, really like this score on its own. I listened to it before I saw the film. Um, as I already mentioned, the mix in the theater was not great. And so it was kind of buried amongst all the sound effects and as per usual. So I didn't, it didn't enhance my appreciation of the score at all, seeing it in context, which that should never be. Um, mm-hmm. But I really enjoy this score a lot. I think it's actually, I think it's actually got more variety going on than the first one. Um I think he does some really interesting things with Spidey's theme, and he introduces some a couple of new themes uh, that I'm really curious about on one hand, which we'll talk about in spoilers more, mm-hmm. um, in terms of its long-term, potential long-term use. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually enjoy the score a bit more than the first one. I put out a, a, a tweet uh, before we started recording, and it was about three to one in terms of which – score people preferring the uh, homecoming versus far from home is about 75% to 25% essentially uh, okay. for far from home. So that seems to be the early uh, opinion about the score. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a solid, solid effort uh, from, from Jacino that is best appreciated on its own. It, it does go heavy on the Holtz set points. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple moments that are very Holtz, Holsty, Holtz. And really, only one I think about is that one of those early tracks. Yeah, it is early on in the film when it really. It is. I think it was the first action, big action scene, and I was like, "Oh, okay," but I didn't hear it much more than that. Yeah, that one. That's the one. Um, so we're gonna get into more score talk in terms of our favorite tracks uh, to kind of wrap this episode up. But before we do that, we want to do some spoiler discussion because this movie is packed with spoilerific um, intrigue and detail that I know Kristen's dying to talk about.
So let us go into spoilers for the film now. So if you haven't seen the film yet, it's time to stop listening and go see it and then come back later. For the rest of you, you've been warned. All right, Kristen, hit us up with your first spoiler point. J.K. Simmons is back. (laughs) J.K. Simmons is back. The perfect J. Jonah Jameson is back. He he is. There is really no one else that can beat J. Jonah. It's the first CODA scene, and it makes the entire movie for me. I actually (laughs) screamed and clapped. I was like complete fool in the theater, but it's that good. The entire theater (laughs) went wild. Spider-Man is a menace. (laughs) The whole Daily Bugle reimagined as a Breitbart InfoWars website is brilliant. It's perfect. I I don't want to have to wait for more of that. If they're going to do more (laughs) of that in the next movie, I want that now. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's they have to. He is the biggest Spider-Man villain ever. It would be sad if they don't, if it's just a cameo. That would be really disappointing. Really disappointing. I need that in my life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So... Uh, man, why does his, why did his name just leave my? Oh, J.K. Simmons. He was obviously J. Jonah Jameson. In was he in the third Spider Man? Was he in just the first two? I'm pretty sure he was in all of them. Okay, I yeah. can't remember Spider Man three yeah. much at all. No one wants to. It, we wish it had been lost in the snap. Yeah, in the blue. So, um, I I know I like I don't I. Have found that I have to preface this with saying that this appeals to a certain type of Spider Man fan, aka the Spider Man fan who is exactly our ages who mm. went to see the Sam Raimi movies. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it that does make a huge difference. Although I was not a big fan of them, I was still he was the best part for me. He was perfect. He was, I mean, he was, he was, he, as you say, he was perfect. Um, so it's to like see him he there. jumped off the newspaper pages and onto the screen. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't do newspaper. People are like, what? That's just, that's not going to work. Um, <laughs> but it did get the loudest response out of my very quiet crowd. Oh my gosh. Uh, overall. I mean, that's the only thing that really got some noise out of the crowd. And he's totally um, reimagined as an Alex Jones type. It's Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a little weird to end on that note, even though it really, really didn't end on that note. Um, but I was so glad they put it in there because it was the most joyful moment uh, of yes. the film for me. <laughs> yes. And then they unmasked Peter and everyone went even more wild. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, it, it seemed Someone like that movie. What is happening? <laughs> it seemed like the movie was leading up to that. Yeah. Which I shouldn't be in a mid credit scene. That I don't believe that's where that should happen. That's true, but it was such a good it, punctuation. A mid credit and end credit to me is like here's some bonus stuff if you stick around. Not here's the key stuff for the film. Yes, but now they can say these are the best post credit scenes that the MCU has had in a while. I guess so. I guess that's true. I just don't think the film preceding it should be dependent on them. Go ahead, Darren. Please explain to me why this is so freaking important. 
J. Jonah Jameson? J. Jonah Jameson. No, that I get. But to me, that was a gimmick. I want to know why, like, this is so freaking awesome. Like, where where do you think this is taking it? That's what I'm curious about. I was like, ah, that's cool. That's well, neat because cameo. J. Why is- Jonah Jameson. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But is what what... Is there something about Peter Parker being revealed that is shocking and terrible? Is there something like I I literally was like, I feel like they were propelling us into the next phase. So and I don't understand. I don't understand how that I don't understand how that applies. So if you think about the first Iron Man movie and at the very end, Mm -hmm. you have Tony Stark. I am Iron Man. And he at the end of his press conference, he goes, I am Spider Man. I, I am Iron Man. You did and not say I am Spider Man. <laughs> that I he know. Goes, I am. I am Iron Man, and, and this is an inversion of that, where the press actually takes that away from the hero and kind of like foists it upon. Wow! Him. Only a person who works in journalism could explain this to me so well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and it's it's just a big deal. I mean, Spider Man's identity is a big deal and he's at least kept he kept it for one movie or two movies essentially and now it's gone so that is civil war three and then well his of his own movies anyway okay (laughs) um and that sets up whatever the next film is going to be he's he's going to be outed uh and he's going to have to deal with that now right so that that's your premise for the next movie, regardless of who he's combating. He's going to be combating J. Jonah Jameson on some level, who's going to be after him. Uh, Battling the media. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, um, okay, uh, more spoilers. I'm going to move away from this um, because it just gets me all excited. Um, <laughs> um, About that scene, I did did like that MJ was like, I will never ride on your web again. <laughs> yes. Of course I, you will. I, I, I like how <laughs> they put in the, the truth that that would truly be terrifying. Right. Um, like, in there's a horrible none of this- experience. <laughs> They didn't have any of this. Can you read she's my mind? A teenager. Do you know she's what I'm thinking of as he's swaying through this guy? She's like, what is it, happening to me? <laughs> she'll write again. Speaking of MJ and romance, I really liked the awkward romance. I really liked how they didn't shy away from the fact that Zendaya is taller than Tom Holland. Um, yeah. That was nice. You, taller women can be into shorter men. Um, so thank you movies for (laughs) portraying that. Um, I liked their relationship more than the last one. I wasn't into that one at all. I didn't, which one in homecoming. I didn't think they had much chemistry, even a little bit, but Zendaya and him do. Mm -hmm. What was the girl's name in the last one? Elizabeth or something. Oh Yeah. Oh, that's right. He wasn't into MJ in the last right. one. Right. They yeah. were just friends. Oh. It was it was the Vulture's daughter. Yeah. Which is that's I'm right. sure is what she goes by. Vulture's daughter. I, am I really the liked Ned Summer Romance. That was cute. That was hilarious. That um, literally was that that actually was one of the more enjoyable things for me. Just I kept babe. cracking up at it. That was very annoying. Yeah. No, it was so high school. It was so high school road trip. So high school. And at at the end of the summer, 
it's over. It's done. <laughs> but people, at least in my school, they didn't break up like that on good terms. Like, oh, oh no, never. It, oh. That I'm was like, also humorous like, because everybody could see like, that no. right through it. Like that is bullcrap. Like it's always, you know, no, one of like, them is like pining a, over the mixtapes for the rest of their lives. It's like having a music camp boyfriend. I mean, it's like. <laughs> I've had a no music one ever camp broke boyfriend. up like that. <laughs> to where you just broke up amicably at the end. It's like, yeah, I eh, mean, see you later. I lived in New Hampshire. I lived in Rhode Island. I never really work after. Well, being I can camp. see that kind. But when you go into the same high school together, uh-huh. it never, it, it never, things never end like that. <laughs> um, um, I wasn't thing, a fan of that. Other thing I really loved was that student news recap of the blip at the that very was hysterical. Movie. <laughs> Starting out with Comic Sans all the way through people colliding Although, with each other. <laughs> and these days, <laughs> these days, high school people can produce video much better than that. We love you. That was like high school you. video level when I was in high school in the right. 90s. Like, exactly right. The Getty when you hooked up two VHS machines yeah, was together awesome. <laughs> and you're trying to time it, that's what it was like. But yeah, it was. A I, little, I have I have to say, as the Marvel cute. credits were rolling and Whitney Houston's voice was going, I thought to myself, "What are they doing?" <laughs> like I didn't get it until the weird video fade started happening. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is hilarious!" Yeah, you know, it did. I don't know. I I enjoyed it and I thought it was humorous, but as as it kind of settled in my brain, I started to think, I don't know if it didn't feel totally respectful. No, either. it was not reverent at all. No, and I was like, I, w- I don't know if I was ready for that yet. No, that's how no, but no, their no. transition was like, okay, snaps, uh, blip is over. These people are gone. And now we're just going to have fun with it. And I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm ready for that just yet, but Okay, because they never say how long that because that was my question. It's like, how long has it been since the second blip and everyone's come back? I mean, how do you just get back into school and just like, okay, we're going on a trip to Europe? I'm like, it must be like a year or something. Well, they did say they had to restart that grade. Um, okay, but and it was weird how people's younger siblings were then older than them, and yeah. that was hilarious too. I, now I he's like, taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> I like the 21 year old or 20, however old he was amidst all, you know, the younger ones, but it just was like, I need to know how much time has elapsed to make some of this work. Mm-hmm. Like it would, you would think that there would be some massive problems with getting school going again and classes and getting people back to where they should be all the while planning a trip to Europe too. It's like, that would be like years down the road before something like that would happen. So but this trip was facilitated was- by shield or, Whatever it is now. True. Was it? Certain was parts it? of no, it. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Certain parts it, of it. it right. Well, certain yeah, parts the, of it. They remember, started messing remember, with the itinerary. But no, it wasn't. What was, do you remember, who was it that was mentioning, um, and maybe it wasn't us, but I remember somebody saying, this is not how high school trips go. You don't go from uh, uh, Venice to Prague or whatever it was. And... Um, I was laughing because they kind of addressed that 
right away. Like this is not a normal because even the kids are like, this is not how you do this. You usually go like Venice to Paris to whatever. Right. It doesn't follow the order of things. Yeah. Like you don't go from Venice to Prague to. Yeah. Usually the way you Innsbruck to Lucerne to Paris to Paris to be in any order because of the way that it works. Why can't you go in any way you want to go? It's a really typical tour path. Oh, yeah. Is it? Okay. I didn't know this. Fun fact, I used to work for a travel agency. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't bother me all that much. But let's talk about the second end credit scene. Um, Because this is what made, helped this movie immensely. And the the final end credit scene is revealed that both Maria Hill and Nick Fury are scrolls. scrolls. Uh, and the and the two from Captain Marvel, as a yeah. matter of fact. Uh, and so when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's why they were acting so freaking weird that's and acting why they're bumbling. I was like, why is Nick Fury so angry all the time? Why, why, why are all the, you know, I just thought this is really poorly acted and poorly written. That's how I felt. I was like, I don't, like, I don't like what they did with these people. So to have to have that, put that into context at the end of the film, I thought, man, that's not right. I mean, it's, I'm glad they did because otherwise I would have just been like, they were a waste and they were out of character. But to have that in there was like, oh, okay, it wasn't really them. Um, And that's cool. I like what they did, but that bothers me. I don't think it bothers you, does it, Kristen? (laughs) It bothered me a lot. Uh, I know she made snickerdoodles. I don't think it bothered her. Yeah, I found found this scene less essential, but, I mean, they were definitely bumbling throughout the movie. Did Um, did you think there was something wrong or something... Did you just think that they're just acting a little out of character or that they weren't written well? I felt like not a lot of thought went into their tracking down these elementals plan. Mm. Um, yeah, it seemed it seemed weird for them. Um, there was a clue that Nick Fury dropped, which I thought the wording was weird when he said it. And when he was listing other Avengers and he said, Captain Marvel, and he said, don't invoke that name. And I was like, why did he say it like that? Yeah. Yeah, Right. That made no sense. Like that was, that's why I thought the writing here is really weird. Yeah. And then when you see that, you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. When they showed the beach in the palm trees, I'm like, did they Tahiti Fury? But (laughs) Yeah. 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 And when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, that is so blue screen. I was like, so cheap. And then it really is a blue screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well done. Well played. But where uh, is he? He's on a ship. He's on a Isn't he on ship. I know, but that's, that a, that's one flipping huge ship. Yeah, it yeah. is. What's it called? The needle or the something? The, the I'm not sure. It's the one that the scrolls uh, escaped it, on. It, the the refugee we, ship. Aren't we going to sword, isn't that what that's going to become? Isn't that who they are now? A sword, sword, yes, yeah. And they have a ship named Needle or or something, Javelin or something. I don't know the name of it. Let's so, name every side stabbing item it could be. It's knife, <laughs> blade, <laughs> could be something like that, blade. <laughs> um, so I thought, oh, that's cool. I mean, I don't know much about that, I know it exists, and I thought, oh, that's what they're doing. Okay, that's cool, which brings me to 
the theme that Chiquino wrote seemingly for S.H.I.E.L.D. slash Nick Fury, whatever, whenever they're showing him or the group of agents, Mm -hmm. that theme, that new theme comes in. I'm like, oh, and it's very Avengers-like. The first few notes are very, but then it changes. I'm like, oh, is this going to be a sword theme? Could it be? Which would make a heck of a lot of sense. And I thought, well, Mm -hmm. that's cool. But again, it's like the last thing in the movie. I'm like, oh, that makes things better. <laughs> but if I hadn't stayed, I would have felt very differently about this. But film. how did it make it better? I mean, knowing because, that information didn't make it better. Yes, I mean, the whole, the, the, well, okay. So for me, one of the things that I didn't like about it was I felt like the plot jumped all over the freaking place all the time. And then there were things that they set up that then fell apart and things that well, I felt like. it doesn't change that. It makes okay, those okay. things specifically better. Why was Nick Fury and Maria Hill acting crazy? Why is it written weird? Why are they not who they normally are? Oh, they're scrolls impersonating those two. Makes right. It I guess the thing is I took from it, well, this is a Spider-Man film and these are side characters just to keep the thread going. You know what I mean? Like that. And I thought that was weak. Sure. Well, I mean, but there's crossovers on, on, all, on a lot of these. Right. They just weren't very consistent with who they were Agreed. up until that point. And that's Agreed. what was distracting for me and off-putting to me. Right. But then when you give me a reason why they are, had they given me that information in context of the film, I would have liked the film better. But they gave it to me after the film was over, essentially. Right. And which, by the way, Spider-Man has no idea that they weren't. As far as we know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So it's just an odd way to do it. And so so what's the next MCU film that's coming out? We don't know. Black Widow, maybe they're shooting it. Hmm. I think there's going to be a bit either D23 or um, whatchamacallit's coming up. Uh, Comic-Con, I know Marvel's going to be there. Maybe they're going to reveal it there. Or maybe okay. Feige does a big press conference like he did a while ago and he reveals everything. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, I have a question for you guys about Mysterio. Yeah. Okay. Did you go in knowing that Mysterio is a classic Spider-Man villain? Mm-hmm. Yep. Nope. Okay. Um, because I was... Wondering if knowing that, having that knowledge would affect his reveal. Um, mm-hmm. Because I wasn't sure if they're trying to do a different good take. Like, they almost got me with that. Like, yeah. are they trying to do a good take on Mysterio? Or yeah. um, uh, because he's kind of a ridiculous villain. Oh yeah. In the comics. Yeah. But the reveal of his intentions um, in having him be a disgruntled Stark employee, sort of, it gave us this one last Tony Stark messes up everything mm-hmm. with technology and his ego. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I was wondering if that was still effective knowing that he was a villain. No, I was like you, I didn't know. I was like, Okay, I know he's a villain in the comics, but are they going to do something different with him? And mm-hmm. it looks like they were. So the tension I was going back and forth, and he's like, oh, no, they're not. Oh, yeah, they are. Oh, no, they're not. Oh, yeah, they are. You know, so I just didn't know for sure. Yeah, same here. You know what I mean? So it still had tension there because I wasn't sure. 
Right. What about you, Dane? Since you didn't know, I, I didn't know that he was, and and I I assumed he was going to be the villain, but I didn't know he was the villain. So the whole time that they were setting it up, I thought, oh, this is really an interesting take. I I didn't see him as being like the pseudo Rob uh, Rob Stark's pseudo, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tony Stark, uh, new replacement, new dad figure yeah. person. And then I was like, this is kind of cool. And then I and then I thought. Um, when they did the twist, first of all, it, it literally, the film dropped for me. Usually it's supposed to kick up like that kicks it into a different level, hmm. you know, but for me it was like, wait, what? And then, Oh, it's drones. This, this is dumb. Like I didn't, I didn't buy into that whole thing. And it kind of was annoying. Hmm. Like I thought this is an annoying um, antagonist. This is not a really like it just seemed lame I, I i don't know he reminded me that the way he it ended it reminded me of Id- idris elba's character in that star trek three. Oh, <laughs> you know it's like oh this could this has some chance here this who is this oh he's dead you know what i mean like it's just like okay um so i uh, uh so my what i was disappointed in with him was he didn't go bad enough for me oh interesting but, you know, even with his death and even with that, he still manages to manipulate the truth after death. Yeah. Right. Right. And and oh. that made. Well, and then. So, OK, so that that right there, I think that did help. That's another reason to say, why do we have to wait for a sting for the movie to increase? And in, like should. the plot, literally the plot hinges on that, that and that that mid credit sting. Yeah, it should. Like if you don't it have really that mid credits thing, you you're like, this is a dumb Spider-Man movie. The, Question, those no. Sorry, but it's somewhat related. How did he get shot? He had a gun pointed at Peter. Mm-hmm. You know, he had he he had done the fake out right, and Peter's Peter Tingle kicks in and he like blocks the gun or grabs the gun, whatever he does, right. Mm-hmm. So how did he? How did Mysterio get shot? I was like, why is he hurt? How did what happened to him? Because he got didn't there wasn't there a drone that was the in the way that too? Shot him. And why did the and drone he, shoot him? He was it was meant to shoot Peter, and Peter moved. What? Oh, I didn't see that part again. I was completely lost as to why he was shot. I was completely at loss as to why we had to kill him. I, I don't believe he's dead. To be honest, really, so my confusion in. Him, that how did he get shot? Was like, oh, he's going to come back. He's such a good villain. It's like you got to bring that guy back. It's a pretty unreliable death, and they yeah. they had the the henchman, the the guy who was from like Iron Man two. Um, yeah, um, Billingsley. Yeah, the the Christmas Carol kid, Christmas yeah. Story kid. They they had him ready to go with the downloaded material and yeah. edited in the way. So there were definitely. Ralphie. Yeah, that's there, who there that were is. definitely plans yes. too. I love it. Yeah, yes. there was a contingent. Now, I don't know if that was plan. Ralphie. I would have loved this movie. It's five stars. <laughs> well, he was in the first Iron Man. I mean, that I yeah. love the fact that oh, they yeah, brought it was all the of first these people Iron back. Man with Obadiah. Yes, right. Sure was. Sure was. Ralphie was an elf, and that's the connection. <laughs> 
I love the fact that they brought all of these things back from the other movies. Yeah, yeah. But his little expedition exposition dump was a little. It was like, oh, it's going on a little too long. And I toast you and how you did this and you did that, that, that. and to you and I'm like, is he going to do every single person in the bar? And he kind of did. I knew really were the obscure like character that. from really Iron Man Two because it, it gave us too long. It gave us that one last Tony Stark was really a dick. And well, yeah, we knew that. And plus all of his every enemy of his movies were he created them essentially. Yeah, they were former employees. Right. It's like <laughs> yeah. okay, but can there be something else? Former employees. <laughs> Ultron. And it was just yeah. yeah, he's created every enemy that he had to fight, essentially. So that it was cool, but then it just wasn't handled as gracefully, maybe, as I would have liked. But I, I liked the reveal, and I liked who those people were. And their motivations seemed legit, um, for the most part. Uh, and I have to say, the Mysterio vision stuff was the coolest stuff of the film. When he was giving those visions to Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. um, I really liked the music for that, too. Were fantastic. I just thought... I was very creative and very just like, oh, very engaging and out of the norm of MCU stuff. Um, and so I really liked those two, those two extended sequences. What else? What else on the um, spoiler front? I liked Happy and yeah. uh, Aunt May. That was literally <laughs> Happy is my favorite character and Happy and Aunt May are my favorites. I didn't buy that romance. I didn't either. It was so corny. It was awesome. Yeah. I didn't like, I didn't like how it ended where they're both talking at the same time. And yeah, he's like, awesome. Oh, this is a thing. And Oh no, it's nothing. And I'm like, casual. Everyone should be free to explore their own feelings. Well, I think we should have commitment. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I thought I was going to like it from the tease that was in the trailers for those two. It's like, Oh, that could be cool to explore. But in the end, I wasn't like, Hmm. Uh, wasn't all that into it. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Mm. Tom Holland's looking, not looking like a teenager anymore to me. He's getting, I real. think they're using that to their, I think there's a reason they're letting him look that way. Would you care to elaborate <laughs> on that? Why? Well, I think that he is going to be the next Iron Man character. Like they're going to build it around him. Okay. And so they want him to be more mature looking. Well, Spider-Man is the Marvel A-list character. I mean, they the entire reason why they had to start off with Iron Man and Thor was because they didn't, they didn't have else. the rights to it. <laughs> yeah. But now no, I they, know. but now they have their, you know, their big it, guy who's really like a little adorable guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. It just started looking a little weird with him and and uh MJ. Zendaya. Because she, I mean, she's like 22 or something, and she pulled off the teenage look really well. I mean, she looked like a freaking teenager. He did not. Um, and it's, like, it's getting a little weird now, those two together. Yeah, the blip. The blip does some weird things. The height difference um, kind of evens it out. Uh, he's still, he looks a little manly now. <laughs> he's looking a little manly. Adorable manly muffin. <laughs> Maybe so, but oh, he's no. with a 17-year-old girl, and that's just weird. Or I don't even know how old she is, but she looks young. Um, so, yeah, that's looking a little weird now. 
let's go on then to our favorite tracks uh, from the score. We've got a lot of um, similar ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe we can talk through some of those. Uh, it looks like we all put uh, Brad to the drone on yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I assume that's the bus sequence with the yes. drone. I did not like that sequence at all, but the music, yeah, it was so goofy. It's like, what? Yeah, this is it was. what? You couldn't <laughs> just say abort and done. I mean, he had to go out and outside of the bus to take care of the drone. It's just like, just say cancel, Alexa, cancel, or whatever you have to. <laughs> like, why did you? Have, I don't know. I found it very contrived. Um, it's kind of silly, but the music was great. Music's awesome. Um, it. It's is it the that's not the first big action no it's not the first big action piece at all. Uh, what did you guys like like about that particular piece? I liked that one of the elements of the soundtrack that I really the score that I really enjoyed was the electronic elements that he merged were um, would they. F- they fit and they didn't overtake whatever else he was doing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So the orchestra is still the primary instrument, but you have the synth- synthesizers that are in there driving different things. And Brad to the drone is just like, I don't know. I, I, to me, that's where the, the score on the album takes off. Mm. Like I'm kind of not really interested until that track. Um, you don't like the opening suite? No. Wow. It dra- it's just there's no development and like the f- the the first half is cool and then he gets into I he- I saw it performed live I saw him conduct it live did you see that video he was in Ireland or something and he there was a surprise concert and so they played the suite it was the world premiere of the performance and it was on I've seen it and I I remember oh this is gonna be cool and it started and I was like oh okay so because it just never develops in that second half and i think it's his mister mysterioso theme thing it just doesn't doesn't go anywhere it's just like hmm. i don't know i just didn't i don't like that um that particular track um but brad to the drone kicks in and it 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 takes it for me okay um a couple of us have multiple realities Yes, I especially like the back half of it, where it gets mm. it gets a little bit mysterious and sinister. But mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's got the first kind of use of the in terms of the actual score, not the suite um, of that new sword theme or whatever it is, the Avengerish like theme, kind of played pretty subtly. Um, but I remember. <laughs> hearing i was like oh what's that oh it's not quite first i thought oh he can't use the avengers theme so he's using this very similar one but then to see and he, he does use the avengers theme so i'm like yeah, yeah, oh so what okay. is that then yeah, yeah, yeah what does that mean um so i like that track for that reason because it, it uh, pulled in some intrigue um we all i think have prog rocked Yes, we do. Yes, except, yeah. except the Mars Rhythms. I liked that. Say again? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Is that in but, there, too? Is that in yeah. that one? Okay. Yeah, it has, it has a little bit of it. There's okay. this thing near the end where he uses the French horns with the um, mm. this synthesizer in the back, this co- mm. like coral pad thing. That, mm-hmm. that is really cool. I think that's doing the Mysterio theme. Yeah, that yeah. is really cool. Really cool. It has a very cool brass opening that's uh-huh. that uh-huh. really caught my attention uh yep. first time i heard that i 
probably my favorite part of it, actually. Let's see. Another one we looks like we all have, I think, is who's behind those foster grants. Oh, yeah. Uh, when they have the little baby bit of the Avengers music. And yes. it's beautiful. Yeah. That track is beautiful. It's yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Change of Plans also had a really beautiful bit with the solo cello line in it. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's when... Um, uh, Mysterio is kind of pep talking Peter. When they're sitting on the edge of the building, mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's very nice. Um, and you know, props to uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he did a really good job as Mysterio. And yeah, he was I liked at, him as him. He was at one point in the running to play Peter Parker. Play right? Peter Parker. Yeah, when Which it was Tobey Maguire. Yeah, I think he would have been a really good Peter Parker. I felt that was really metacasting. That was really funny. Yeah, I think he did a great job, and he always does a great job. But I've always seen him as Peter Parker. Um, really? Yeah, even mm-hmm. all the way going back to what first movie I saw him in was, I think, October Sky, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing him as that young guy, I was like, man, you know, a young little guy, not little, but he was a teenager making rockets and stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah. this guy could be Peter Parker. Yeah, he's, him. he's always stunning darker than me. Him. All right. Yeah. 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 Um, any other? Oh, there's one track that I have to bring up that it's not maybe the most obvious one, but Tower of Cower. That's got some interesting, the loopy stuff. I think maybe you picked up on Dane, but it's very Mission Impossible. Um, and actually it's kind of taken something that uh, comes at the end of Happy Landings. The next track is Tower of Cower. And it continues that little new thematic thing that he's brought in. And it's very, very Mission Impossible. I can't remember what's actually happening at that moment, uh, but that music really stands out, that particular track, uh, from all the, from most of the other ones. It just has a different vibe to it, which is another reason why I like this score more than Homecoming. Mm. I think there's more variety and different facets of this of the score than Homecoming had. For me, that's Magical Mysterio Tour. Um, yeah. And that is when he is in the, that huge illusion yeah. um, where he's chasing down Peter in this huge illusion. Yep. Um, in parts that reminded me of Stravinsky, which was kind of perfect for this nightmare mm. scenario. It's mm-hmm. just clashing all over the place. I really mm-hmm. liked it. That It's really frenetic. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, is that the one that kind of starts off with the strings and it's uh-huh. kind of Don Davis-y? Yeah. Yep. Kind of like a little bit, oh, mm-hmm. what we got going on here? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a big old, it's very operatic. Um, a big old gong in there. Whenever you can get a big gong in there. That's <laughs> <laughs> Love a big gong. <laughs> um, any others? I liked um, in a lot of splaining to do. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good one. Um, what I thought was really cool about that is that he has this modern groove going on underneath. And then... It, if you think about the kind of the remote control sound or, you know, uh, that Zimri sound, there's, there's always that modern groove and they never use wood, woodwinds. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, Jakino's <laughs> putting these uh, solo woodwind moments in there. There's even one whole whole line for a bassoon, which I just thought mm-hmm. was hysterical. Um, so that, I, I thought that was really good writing, that particular track. Um, and then, and then, uh, High and Flighty, I think, is the most James Bondian of it, to the point where, considering the David Arnold Giacchino uh, 
tit for tat thing going on right now. Um, I, did David Arnold write this cue? Because it sounds like a David Arnold cue. Mm. I mean, um, and I think it's my high, my favorite action piece in the score is High and Flighty. I like it's, that as a conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a also has a bit of um, uh, matrixy vibe, like mm-hmm. reloaded. Like the what is the name of that piece in the strings? It's not exactly the same, but it's similar to what's the name of that piece in Reloaded? Uh, Mona Lisa Overdrive. When the strings are doing the it does something similar to that. When I first I was like, oh. How much Don Davis are we going to do here? But you hear David Arnold in there. Yeah, I, I hear his Bond stuff um, going on, in, in, at least in in my ears. Um, Interesting. I mean, it, it literally feels flat out like Dave Arnold wrote it to me. Hmm. Okay. Um, so tomorrow we're going to wake up, or whenever this show airs, and then it'll cause controversy, we'll wake up with a note from David Arnold. Yes, from time to time, other composers step in and help other composers write music. And <laughs> Well, it won't be tomorrow morning, I can guarantee you that. No, no, I know, but it's um, <laughs> just thinking. <laughs> uh, any other tracks you'd like to bring up? Uh, Swinging Set is my actual favorite track on the thing, which I think is the end credits. Is it? Is Swinging Track the end credits? Swinging Set. Swinging Set, yeah. Uh, I prefer Swinging Set and the And Now This over the Far From Home Sweet Home. Hmm. Hmm. No, I, I like that suite a lot. Those are both good tracks, too. But, uh, yeah. I really liked the big Avengers nod in Spidey Sensitive. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when he's doing his Tony Stark nerd thing in the plane, and he's building his new suit. Um, I was expecting something more because I listened to the score first. I was like, I wonder what's happening when this happens. So when it happened, I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> well, that is a big moment for me, though, because he's getting over his feeling like he's not enough and he's not measuring up to this huge oh. presence of Tony Stark and the Avengers. And yeah. he's sort of—I think it was your snickerdoodles that helped him see that. <laughs> I mean, yes, but the—I mean, for me, the Avengers theme is representative of something even larger than the Tony Stark thing. Nothing is larger than his heart. (laughs) (laughs) So I was expecting something more, even bigger, bigger. My son, my son has read uh, some some Iron Man related books, some novels, like side novels, and that scene happens. He goes, "Yes, they're finally showing Tony Stark's 3D printer." I'm like, what? <laughs> I, he's like, it's so, his 3D printer is so important. It's so important, Dad. And it I was is like, clearly, important. clearly, it's important to you. I get it. All right. I mean, they're both kind of engineering nerds. And mm-hmm. yeah. Sweet. So, what happened to his iron Spidey suit? He just left that at home, right? Yeah. Mm hmm. Okay, because I was like, why isn't he wearing that? But and she Remember, it's in that little one. thing that's doing the weird glowing weirdness. And he's like, no, no, I won't take it. Oh, that's right. Okay. That's yeah. going to be a hell of a check on, like a baggage fee. 
<laughs> I just wear it, wear it on. Uh, so he has three suits now, plus the spider. Um, uh, what's it called? The night, night monkey. monkey. <laughs> now, is that a is that a thing? Is that a comic book thing, or did they create that? As far as I know, they created that. Okay, that was very funny. The night monkey. So he's got a night monkey suit, a couple of Spider Man suits, the Iron mm-hmm. Spider suit. He's got a lot of suits. He's got a lot of suits. Yep, I really oh, liked the entire suit. thing in the Netherlands too. That was also really fun. When they landed in the tulip field? Actually, I did not like that because the tulips do not bloom in the summer. Well, there's, oh no. there's a very short period in Maybe they're April and tulips. May, depending on the weather. They're not real tulips. They're scroll tulips. Scroll they can bloom whenever they want. <laughs> Everyone needed to know it was the Netherlands, and clearly the tulips are the only way we would have known. And the so. windmills. Yeah. And the windmills, and the yes. Windmill. And isn't and that Holland? nice people. Holland is in the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Holland is in the Netherlands. I'm just testing Dane. all of you. <laughs> no, the Danes are from Denmark. <laughs> yes, that's right. Nearby. Thank you. You should know it's your neighbors. Parts. I just imagine Holland is where Hans Christian Andersen is singing songs. No, that's Denmark. That's, I know. I know. I get it all confused sometimes in my old mind. Old mind. Yes. All right. So well, let's wrap this up, shall we? Copenhagen's in Holland, too, isn't it? I I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> we need to rename you. We'll call you Copy. <laughs> And with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Soundcast. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know what you thought of Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, you can shoot us your feedback by email at soundcast.tracksons.com or leave us a voicemail on our SpeakPipe widget or hit us up on Twitter at Audio Soundcast. Kristen Romanelli, if people want to find and follow you, how can they do that? The easiest way to find me is on Twitter at KB for now. That's KB F O R N O W. You can find Film Score Monthly online at Film Score Monthly. Nope, that is wrong. <laughs> FSMOnlineMag.com. <laughs> also on Twitter at FSMOnlineMag. Our June issue is out. We On our cover, we have the first part of a series called The Top 10 Film Music Cliches. Um, in this one, in this list, we feature the Wailing Woman and Brahms. Um, so, check it out. Johannes or Hans Brahms? <laughs> oh, Hans Brahms. Oh, Hans Brahms. Hans Brahms. Hans Brahms. Hans is Brahms. Hans, Hans is finest Brahms. <laughs> nice. I think it's Johannes Hans Brahms. <laughs> and we also have an interview with Emil Macera, which I alluded to earlier. Yes, I must. And Leslie Barber. Oh. And Brian Tyler. And both. Is there Rupert, anyone else? And both Rupert Gregson Williams and Harry Gregson Williams. Oh, that's the, anyway. the Gregson Williams brothers. The Gregson Williamses <laughs> with their Brahmses. And Dane, how can people find and follow you? Well, you can find and follow me in uh, Denmark, which is the capital of Holland, which is part of the country of the Netherlands. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> this wow. is distressing me. This is so wrong. 
<laughs> so wrong. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm admitting my uh, my uh, failure <clears throat> at at. Uh, at, at maps, um, <laughs> I need to see geography. B, like, uh, this is oh, nice. This is horrifying. Oh my <laughs> yes. Um, Notice they didn't go there in the. Oh, they did. Never mind. Uh, you can find and follow me on <laughs> <Thank> uh, <you>. <laughs> Twitter with at Maestro Dane, and uh, you can look up Dane Walker Music, and you can find me on YouTube, SoundCloud, the internet, the web those places very good uh you can find and follow me on twitter at c coleman uh also you can f- follow us on instagram i don't promote that very much because i don't post there very much uh but you have I'm, a cool feature you've been posting which is very cool yeah little audio clips from the show in case you miss one you'll get a one minute clip that you can listen to um I believe that's at Audio Soundcast on Instagram. Uh, I think there's an at Track Sounds on Instagram as well. Um, I forget which one that I post to, but um, maybe both. I can't remember. Uh, also, check out The Annotator if you're not listening to it, where composers come on and I just intro and outro, and then they talk about their scores for 10 to 15 minutes and give you some stories and insights about their music that you might not otherwise know about. Uh, and those episodes release every Tuesday. So check out The Annotator, uh, theannotator.net, or on Twitter at Audio Annotator. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until our next episode, we want to say, may your Peter tingle. <laughs> oh, wow. Flip. <laughs> wow. Wow. May the force be with your Peter tingle. Konichiwa. Oh. <laughs> okay, Konichiwa. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to get Peter Tingle in there. It didn't quite come out right. <laughs> May your Peter Tingle. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, that, that's great. That's a recovery from my geographical errors. <laughs> Um, oh, speaking. So here's one thing. It's kind of going back to spoilers. This is where I was going back and forth on is Mysterio good guy or bad guy? Is he faking this or is it real? The elementals were so boring. Mm-hmm. It was like, really? Does everything have to turn anthropomorphic? Does does it have to be fire like a look like a man? Water looks like a man. Yeah. The sand looks like a man. It's like that's when I started thinking. Okay, he's faking all this because why would they have to be? Why would they have to look like people? Now maybe they look like that in the comics. I don't know. Do they? Well, when I was watching this, uh, what I was thinking of was D and D and Pathfinder because we have <laughs> there are elementals in it mm-hmm. and they're basically creatures that are made out of rock and fire and water and mm-hmm. air is like a little tornado one. Yeah. And they're anthropomorphized. Um, so that's what made me think of it. But I was like, this is kind of, 
you know, a lame villain. So, you know, yes. they're, they're def- like, this is this is definitely a weird, like something's not right here. That's why I was glad for the twist because, like, oh, good, these really <laughs> generic enemies are not really the enemies because I thought it was really really chintzy it's like why couldn't it just be a big flame you know just a straight flame up in the air or a flat sheet of ice or you know why does it have why do they all have to look like people um and so that's here's yeah go ahead here's a question related to that which goes back to the whole beginning of the movie when the sand elemental is there in mexico or whatever yep and Nick Fury and what's her name are there. Yeah. The girl from uh, How I Met Your Mother. Maria, um, Maria Hill. Thank you. Or the two scrolls, whichever you like. Yeah. Well, that's the <laughs> thing I was getting at is, are they not aware that this is all a deception at this point? No, of course not. So is that Mexican town actually blown to bits or is that all a, an illusion by Mysterio? Well, the drones were weaponized to destroy property and stuff so wait were they aware they weren't aware of this well that's what i'm trying to say like that's that's the thing that really that's right that's the thing that's really frustrating about the film is that there's this little kind of things don't add up point to the whole thing no so no they they couldn't have been aware because they wouldn't have been condoning what mysterio was trying to do ultimately correct yeah so they did i don't think they knew but yeah I don't but know. I, will, I just feel I like I will it's say weak. this. This is this is what I I have concerns about the MCU going forward because I think the I think the scroll thing. I don't want to be wondering in every single movie. Yeah, oh, the it's scroll. just a scroll. It's a scroll yeah. Oh, it's just a scroll. That's not right. going to be there. That I, that's not what I. This is this was one great use of it, but don't go to this well again and again and again. Right. I think that's going to be horribly boring. Yeah. If you're just sitting wondering all the time, oh, that's not even them, really. Oh, that's not the, <laughs> that's not going to be fun at all. If that's all, I'm, even with Mysterio, it's just like, oh, is this real or is it not real? Oh, is he dead? Is he not dead? You know what I mean? Now right. you got two layers of that in one movie. Right. Nothing is what it seems, or is it? And so multiple realities. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. Once, but you can't keep doing that over and over. You, it's just going to burn out, and I'm not going to be interested anymore. Uh, do you guys feel like that at all about this kind of thing? I mean, going forward with the MCU. I, I don't know enough about uh, the MCU to understand where it can go from here. Well, I No, I don't know either. But, but, just the but I mean, even just from the comic book angle, I thought like Civil War – and all of that stuff was pretty much it. And then after that, they just kind of kept reinventing themselves. Am I right? In the comic books? Oh, I don't know. I don't have enough comic book knowledge to, to I say. I know. That's why I'm I'm waiting for Kristen's response. With the scrolls? No, I'm, I'm wondering what other elements occurred in the comic books. What other storylines that pull all of these people together are there... <laughs> Well, with the acquisition well, Wars, of right? with the acquisition of Fox, we actually have a couple of really exciting potential things to do, like House sure. of M. Um, 
uh, House of M would be really interesting to do. Um, you could also do Civil War X-Men. properly, um, which is a whole House of M with Spider-Man with mutant registration and all of that. Okay, um, so there, there are there are other elements because they're going to have to have a new. Avengers core. Mm-hmm. I really think that with the acquisition of the Fox properties, that's X-Men and Fantastic mm-hmm. Four. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that we, really an acquiring of a property? <laughs> well, they can cameo them. They'll be in a way <laughs> far back when they have their next big battle. Fantastic, this is, Silver Fantastic Surfer comes Four back as uh, Chris Pine. Or Chris, whatever his name is. Of Marvel. Mm-hmm. And I think that if they put that in the hand of Marvel Studios and someone can actually really do their story properly, that would right. bring in a whole bunch of different elements that you could actually do. Oh, but like they have Galactus. And yeah, they need to bring Galactus in. Oh. Yeah. So there's, so, okay, so that's great. So Proper there's a lot of stuff. stuff. Oh, sure. Like, There's a lot. Should, should yeah. America's best and play that too? And it all ties into the galactic stuff that they do with Guardians of the Galaxy okay. and okay. So Captain Marvel. Great. So what you're telling me is that there is more there that has been completely unexplored that's available to do sure. in the same way, connecting them all together, sure. moving towards the, the storyline. The licensing Tons. thing made them have to rewrite certain aspects and it sure. stripped certain essential aspects out of the Marvel universe. Okay. And a lot of that had to do with the X-Men. A lot of that had to mm-hmm. do with Fantastic Four. All so right. I'm, I'm really interested to see where they can go from this point. Okay. Or just write something new. It doesn't yes. have to be an adaptation. Yes. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because Secret Wars is the whole Scrolls thing. And I'm like, yeah. I don't want to just be guessing who's a scroll all the time. That's that's not interesting. Um, and so I hope they do something bigger and better than, well, than the I whole mean, Secret they, Wars. They've already positioned scrolls to be not generic baddies, which is true. What they are in the comics. That's true. And it's always, you know, so far. Right. Um, so I, I think that sort of given them that lead, that, that narrative leeway to not lean on that. Um, I, I hope so. I, I mean, just the fact that there's two of them. Yeah. Uh, there's also the timeline the timeline tinkering that happened in Endgame I Mm -hmm. think that opens up some Loki stuff that could happen yeah Um, right we got the TV shows developing in the show yeah all sorts of stuff and maybe it opens the door for mutants maybe that's where mutants come from (gasps) ooh I like that I'm really really curious about what they do with the mutant thing and Scarlet Witch because Wanda is the daughter She's of Magneto um, yeah. in the comics. I think that's just not going to happen. It's it's probably not going to happen at all. But. I mean, I can't even imagine who's going to be the next Magneto and or Professor X. It's just iconic. It's, yeah, it's like iconic oof, good casting. Luck. Good luck on on casting there. I know they will eventually. Um, we kind of already talked about this a little bit, but what are your expectations for? I 
there's going to be another one. There has to be. You can't end it here. No so way. So, what are your expectations for the next one? What do you think it will be about? Um, even though we kind of talked about it already. Do you have any other additional thoughts to what it could be? Spider-Man versus the mass media. The masked media? Mass media. Oh, the mass media. The media in Massachusetts? <laughs> no, like the collective entity of the media. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, Dane? Kopi? <laughs> I mean, he's oh, been. Man, he's if I get called that now, <laughs> <laughs> gonna die. He has. He's that's. Uh, yeah, he's been framed, and they are saying he's evil and has killer drones, and he's going to murder everyone. So I mean, it's like they're really, gonna have they to address take that. One one fake news report, and they're gonna believe believe it from one thing after all. Hey, they showed it on done. Facebook. It must be real. <laughs> this is the Daily Bugle we're talking about. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> Uh, Jay Joan is going to get banned from Facebook and YouTube. <laughs> uh, so, Dane, I, I, um, I don't care. I mean, I, and and I'll tell you why. I think Miles Morales is a better and more interesting Spider-Man now. I think. I just think he is. I think I would watch a live action Miles Morales because the conflict and the the storylines that he could have would be more interesting than this Spider-Man. This Spider-Man has gone be is no longer that kid from New York. That kid from, you know, he's something else now. Does that make sense? No. I mean, we can have both Miles Morales is really from a different timeline as no this. i get it and I, I get it but they do have donald glover playing his uncle in the first movie but i think that's kind of an easter egg um yeah but yeah i don't know i just <sighs> i don't know i don't find this spider-man interesting now that being said when he's in the group of avengers and all of that's working out i think he adds definite spice to the mix and i like that his character is there and i I definitely enjoy tom holland as that spider-man but when it comes to these standalone films i just this it doesn't it doesn't hold my interest Hmm. um as well as any of the other characters do and that's okay i mean they're not all written you know not all of these characters are written for me right so you know my kids loved it you know the boys thought it was great so you know um, and I know my daughter will like it. She was at camp. So I know my daughter will like it um, as well. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't find, I don't find the storylines as interesting. They're kind of vanilla. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, did, did you think Mysterio was a good foil? I thought I didn't like the drone thing. To me, the drone thing was like, really? Like, can we have, you know, I really wanted him to be a true from another dimension Mm. thing. I really wanted that to happen because that was actually interesting to me. And had that actually continued and actually occurred throughout the film, I I would have totally bought in and I would have enjoyed the film. But it's the moment it was all revealed to be drones in the bar. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, this is, how is this even going to play out? Like, he's not even a, he didn't even feel threatening. But maybe, maybe he's kind of like Vulture, right? Like, maybe Spider-Man doesn't fight or doesn't have as enemies the big baddies. Maybe they're always these kind of guys. Yeah. 
smaller. Um, They're not. It's not Thanos. Once in a while, he gets Doctor Doom. Hmm. Even yeah. though that's mainly that's Fantastic mainly Fantastic Four. Four, but there was a lot of crossover <clears throat> with Doctor Doom into the Spider Man. Oh, that means that we could have Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> but I mean, I think that's. I mean, that's kind of the thing. Like it, he's he's such a kid, and it, it's such a kid thing. And and I just don't find like the conflict that he goes through in his life as compellingly interesting as the stuff Miles Morales is dealing with um, in his young life. Um, does that kind of make sense in, in terms of like Miles Morales has got a le- got a whole different ball of wax he's dealing with. And those storylines are interesting to me and compelling. Like they, I'm curious about them. Whereas this Spider-Man, I'm like, yeah, so you're in high school and you like a chick. And you're and just kind of Miles Morales too. He's yeah, in high yeah but there's more going. I think there's just more going on. There's more family drama going on. There's more, you know. So although I will say in this one, wasn't it a nice touch that Spidey was taking Uncle Ben's suitcase? Did you guys catch yes, that? I saw the the yeah the initials. Yeah, the I thought that was really cool. That was a very nice touch. I was moved by that. Um, but I, but yeah, there's just more going on in Miles Morales's life that is actually for lack of a better term, current and interesting. I'm then, not sure that's true, but I would like to have both. Yeah, I mean... That I would be cool, too, <laughs> if we could have, like, multi-universes in live well, action. Are. Well, I don't I, I don't want live-action Miles Morales. Keep him in the Spider-Verse. You like that? Keep that. I mean, I don't sacrifice that to make another live-action, please. We have okay. plenty. Okay. Uh, all right. I would give you all of Spider-Man, this Spider-Man, and a whole bunch of MCU Spider-Man stuff. has been made and remade and remade. Yeah. Keep, right. keep okay. the Spider-Verse at Sony Animation at all costs, please. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you I'm just saying, for me personally, yeah. I, I would much prefer to watch that Spider-Man than be standalone uh, Spider-Man films. I think the next one's going to, will be different because it's going to be years from now. So he's not going to be in high school anymore. True. Um, if they're playing it real, real time at all. So it should and be a Zendaya little bit more. will be like marrying an astronaut and <laughs> something. We're not going yes. to acknowledge that movie. <laughs> yes, we are. It's the best one. What, why did we go quiet? Spider-Man 2 is the best one. I disagree. <laughs> oh. I don't like any of those Spider-Man movies. Oh, man. I, I love that. I love I that think story. they're average at best. Okay. Um, I don't I don't hate them. I just don't think they're great. Um, Kristen, any last thoughts about expectations for next Spider-Man film? Um. I I want the next Spider-Man film sooner than in five years. <laughs> Did I just Maybe. hear your oven go off? I think there's some snickerdoodles that are done. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be a grown man by the time the next one comes. He's going to be a muffin man. Um, He's, he's going to be grown you with a know beard. The muffin man, the He's going to have a beard and everything. So no more muffins. Wouldn't that be cool? I, sure. I do think this would be cool as if he had a little like fake Stark goatee thing going on. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, that would be a good laugh for a minute and then shave it off. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I want it sooner than later. 
And I really hope that J. Jonah Jameson is not just an Easter egg. I hope that actually is a thing and he yeah. is an adversary um, because, I mean, they can't have Peter working for him because obviously he docks right. him. But right. um Yes. Something. What if what if he is like the guy that turns everybody against the mutants too? He um, would do that. Exactly. Like what if they make that kind of a, a frame? That would work. He would mm-hmm. do it. <laughs> Yep. I, I'm really curious to see what Feige has up his sleeve for the net for phase four. I just oh don't know where there are just so many going. possibilities. All right. Yep. You've convinced me that I have I, I should stick it out. Oh, for sure. I mean, at least let it prove whether it's good or not. I mean, I have I have no idea. I mean, you know you're getting Black Panther 2. You know you're getting Guardians 3. What's investing another 10 years in a franchise? Yeah, to go by like nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know you're going to get a Spider-Man 3. You're probably going to get a Captain Marvel 2, I it's assume. It's going to be Spider-Man 3 that we can acknowledge. Yes, for once. Uh what else? You're going to get a Doctor Strange 2, I would assume. Yes, that's on the docket. So, yeah, yeah. you're going to get a uh, Black Widow, which I don't understand. Um, I mean, I want to see it, but I just don't know where it's going to fall into the timeline. Um, so, yeah, there's there's plenty there. And it could be it could prove very interesting in the end. I wonder what the shape, what shape the Avengers are going to take and who's going to lead it and how all that's going to work. Uh, and is sword a thing or is that not a thing? I have no idea, mm-hmm. but they've laid the track down and I think there's some interesting, interesting directions that it could go. Cool. Are you serious?